that city of jasper walls and bright golden avenues as you behold all its beauty and its splendor remember there's just one request I make of you look for me for I will be there too I realize when you arrive there'll be so much to You'll want to see your loved ones waiting there for you. And when you feel you've shared your story with the last one, that want to hear you tell just how you made it through look for me i'd like to hear it too so much to view after you've been there ten thousand years a million maybe two look for me for I will be there too Chapter 21, 
I'm going to be there too. And I praise the Lord for that today. It's good to see everybody. It's good to be in God's house. What a wonderful spirit He has given us. Uh, do come next week. Uh, 10 o'clock will be our worship service. Be here 10 o'clock for worship. And uh, I'm just excited about what's going on. Uh, we need to be stirred about the things of God. God's been good to us here. And we're going to keep on going forward. Luke chapter 21. If you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Luke 21 and in verse 29. The Bible said, And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. And when they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, take this gener I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, and so that the day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Give me power to preach your word, Lord. Thank you for meeting with us this morning. Continue, Lord, to be in our service. Lord, I need unction to function this morning. I need your power to preach your word. These people don't need a word from me, but Lord, we need a word from you this morning. Lord, I pray the souls will be saved and souls changed for your kingdom. Lord, I love you and I praise your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you on the subject, some things to watch. In verse 36, he said, watch ye therefore. In verse 29, he said, Behold, behold. The word behold is the act of seeing used of bodily sight. Now he's talking to his disciples. And he said, I want you to open the eye, your eyes and I want you to put them on the trees. Now the trees is a figurative thing. The trees is a picture. The fig tree is a picture of the nation of Israel. He said, I want you to focus on the nation of Israel. But then he said, not just the fig tree, but all the trees. I want you to focus on the nation of Israel. And I want you to focus on all the nations around the world. And I want you to look at how my word is fulfilled through all of these nations. And as we see the events in our society, it's not just by coincidence. It's not just by circumstance. It is the fulfillment of the word of God. The word of God is being fulfilled every single day. He's talking to his disciples, and he said, Listen, there's a lot of things you can't, I cannot guarantee you about, but one thing I can guarantee you is the fulfillment of my word. My word is going to come to pass. And the prophecies that I gave you, and the warnings that I gave you, it will come to pass. And he shares this with his disciples. And he said in verse 34, Take heed... <clears throat> Excuse me, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged. 
And then he begins to go in through the different things that can overtake them. If you look in verse 35, it said, All these things are coming as a snare. There are things that you're going to go through, disciples, that are going uh, to be there to ensnare you, to trap you, to uh, put you in a hold. Satan desires to have you, and there are some things that I want you to behold. There's some things that I want you to watch for because there are some things in your spiritual life that the devil is seeking to devour you on. There are some things that you need to wake up and pay attention to. Child of God, the most dangerous thing that we can do spiritually is fall asleep. We must watch. We must behold. We must take a glance at what's going on around us. Church, we can't afford to go to sleep. Christian, we can't afford to sleep in the kingdom of God. We must stay awake at all times. The word watch means to stay awake. It means to keep an eye upon. It means to pay attention. It means to look at what's going on. Child of God, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep spiritually. Keep your eyes open. Be aware of what's going on because there's a few things the devil's trying to do to ensnare us, to capture us. Let me tell you something, child of God. God's going to win the war. But there's battles every day that we fight in our life that the devil wants to win so that he can ruin our reputation, so that he can ruin our hope and our faith and try to put a damper on the things of God in our life. But friend, I've read the back of the book and we win. God's going to win the war, amen? But there's battles every single day. And Jesus said, you listen to me. There's some things you better keep your eyes on. There's some things you better pay attention to because there's one thing that you can guarantee the Word of God is going to be fulfilled. And He said the devil's coming after you. If Jesus said the devil's coming after you, then the devil's coming after you. If Jesus said that there's going to be some fall asleep, then some are going to fall asleep. If Jesus said there's going to be a falling away, then there's going to be a falling away. If Jesus said, I'm coming in the eastern sky, then bless God, He's coming in the eastern sky. If Jesus said that there's a heaven and a hell, then you can put all you got on the fact that heaven's real and hell's real. Friend, the Word of God is real. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will last forever. And His Word said, Disciple, you watch, you behold, you pay attention to what's going on. There's some things in this world that is set here to snare you and trap you in your Christian life. I want you to look in Revelation chapter 3. And I want to look at some things that we need to watch for. And I, I doubt I get very far this morning. Because as I was studying this morning, this first point just got me. It, it got me where I was spiritually. It got me to to listen to God. It got me to open my eyes because as I got this sermon the other day, I was going through the motions and every day I've studied it and I went through the motions. This morning the Holy Spirit just worked in my heart and soul and just moved within this and I hope that God uses this to bless you. But in Revelation chapter 3 and in verse 1, Jesus is speaking to the church at Sardis. And He said unto the angel of the church in Sardis, Write these things, saith he that hath seven spirits of God, and the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and art dead. Be watchful, strengthen the things which remain, 
that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. So several times he says, watch, put your eyes on, pay attention to. And what is he who is he talking to? He's talking to the church at Sardis. Now, a church is a body of baptized believers. When you got saved, you didn't become the church. You be became a child of God. And as a child of God, you assemble yourselves with other believers that make up the church of Jesus Christ. We are the body of Christ. We come together to make up that body. The body that is in Sardis is facing some struggles. Now the city of Sardis was a very wealthy town. It had uh, many benefits. This is the first gold and first silver was minted here in Sardis. This was a very wealthy town. They had their ups and their downs. But all of their popularity was around the wealth. And around this wealth they begin, you know, when you have wealth and you have prosperity and the things of this world, it kind of makes you think you don't need God. It kind of makes you think that the things and, and that wealth will surround the things of God and choke out the things of God. And Sardis got to a place as a town that they were so wealthy and they had all that they need. And it's amazing when you get everything you think you need in this world and you think you don't need God anymore. And this whole church was going, and they were doing, and man, God had blessed them extremely. I'm telling you, they had everything that you could ever imagine. In fact, the Bible said that everybody in town thought they had it going on. The Bible said that even the, their neighbors thought they had it going on. And on the outside, it was beautiful. On the outside, it looked like an energetic church. It looked like a church that was on fire. It looked like a church that was alive and well and thriving for the kingdom of God. But folks, you might can fool the world. You might can fool the community, but you can't fool God. And God saw through that, and God saw that yes, everybody thinks they're alive, but the reality of it is, spiritually speaking, they're dead. They're dead. And I looked up this word dead in the Greek, and it means to be like a dead person without life. And so here they are in church, and they're going through all of these motions, and they are experiencing spiritual apathy. And apathy is the lack of enthusiasm. It's the lack of excitement. Friend, they had the building going on. Man, they had the numbers everywhere. I'm telling you, everything looked good. But on the inside, they were dead. They lacked enthusiasm about the things of the Lord. They lacked the excitement and the peace and the joy of God. Is it possible today that when everything looks good on the outside, that there's a possibility that there may be a problem on the inside? And the reality of it is, we can fool this church, we can fool this community, but we're not going to fool God. And this morning, as I was looking over this, I felt the Holy Spirit of God just tell me, Josh, you are suffering apathy. You are suffering a lack of enthusiasm, a lack of excitement in the things that I've called you to do, the things that I've told you to do. Friend, I'm going to stand before you today, and I'm just going to tell you, your preacher's been wrong. Your preacher has been struggling. 
Your preacher has a spiritual issue. And I remember Brother Hayden, when I started pastoring, I thought I knew what a pastor was supposed to do. And I thought as a pastor that I needed to put this front on. And I needed to show everybody how to live for Christ and set this example that everybody can look to. And so that if there's anybody that's doing the right thing, it's me. And man, I I, I put on this persona that I I don't want people to see me sweat because I'm the pastor and I'm the leader. But child of God, I was wrong. Because my life should not be the example that the church is following. My life should not be the example that we pursue to fulfill, but the life of Christ. A life full of peace and joy and excitement. Man, Jesus thrived in life. He didn't just live, but He lived it to the fullest. He lived in the joy of the Father. He lived in the peace of God. I'm telling you, Jesus had it going on. And I can stand here and I can pretend I've got it all going on. But my wife would tell you I'm a hypocrite. Because I don't have it going on. But Jesus has it going on. And there's times in my life that I struggle and I battle... Brother Hayden, I was taught in seminary, don't let the people see you sweat. But folks, I sweat. And I mess up and I make mistakes. And one of the things that I struggle with the most is not these big sins, is not these big actions, but the time that I just lacked excitement for the things of God. The times that I just lacked the enthusiasm and the drive and the passion. Child of God, I don't want to operate out of obligation. I don't want to serve God because i got to. I don't want to serve God because to, to please my spouse or to please the church. I want to serve God out of love for Him and passion for Him, and drive for Him. I don't want to wake up and act like a spiritual robot and just go through the motions. I want to wake up with a fire. Man, I'll be honest, I get sick of saying, oh, i got to preach today. Bless my heart, my goodness. You know, preachers will only work three hours a week. My Lord. And God forgive me, i got to preach today. What a blessing. What an honor. Man, I want fire. I don't want fire just on Sunday. I want fire on Monday. Boy, we need it, don't we? Man, I want fire on Tuesday. I want fire on Wednesday. And I want fire on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And I want fire in the storm. And I want fire in the sunshine. I want fire in the good times and the bad times. I want to be on top of it all the time. God's not just good on the mountain, but bless God, He's good in the valley. I'm so sick of being a spiritual bipolar. I'll just be honest. I'm up and down. I'm up and down. Read the Psalms. David was up and down. He's up one Psalm and down another Psalm. Man, I'm telling you, we struggle in this life with the fire and keeping the passion and desire. Oh, child of God, we ought to desire that fire. And if we don't have it, we're going to die. We're going to die spiritually. Individually, we're going to die. Corporately, we're going to die. As a church, as a body, we're going to die. I read the other day, signs of a dying church. The first one, the dying church, rests upon its past accomplishments and is satisfied with its present state. Child of God, if you're resting upon what you did for God yesterday, you're going to die. 
A dying church is more concerned about their rituals and formalities than about spirituality. If we seek to serve what Daddy and Grandma and Great Grandpa did, then we're going to struggle. If we seek to serve to please anybody else other than God, we're going to struggle. We're going to die. A dying church is more concerned about social change than they are about seeing people changed by the power of God. I don't want to care and worry about what people think about us. Do you hear what Promised Land Church is doing? <laughs> Who cares? Is God happy with us? Do you see what that preacher's doing? Man, it took a long time, Brother Hayden, for me to get past what people think about me. That I live to please and honor my Heavenly Father. And I want my earthly father to be pleased. I want y'all to be pleased with me. But in reality, all I should worry about is the thought of God and what He thinks about us. A dying church is more concerned with material growth than with its spiritual growth. Praise God for this building. Praise God for these walls going up. Praise God that we're growing and we're prospering. But wasn't Sardis? They had it all materialistically, but spiritually they were down. Whew. Man, I'm glad to see buildings built. But I love to see souls saved. I'm glad to see buildings built. But I'd sure be glad to see people serving the Lord and growing in their walk with God. That the prodigals are coming home. That God's people are encouraged and being discipled. It's so much more than building. A dying church is more concerned with pleasing men than with pleasing God. A dying church is more concerned with pleasing men than with pleasing God. A dying church clings more tightly to its creeds and confessions than it does the Word of God. A dying church is one that loses its conviction that the Bible's the Word of God. And we don't struggle from all of these, and I don't struggle from all of these, but I think I can relate with some of these. I want to be a light. Individually, but us together, a light for Christ. But I cannot do it when I'm dead inside. There's two things that struggle when we die inside and experience apathy. The first thing it affects is our relationship with Jesus. If you lack the enthusiasm, your relationship with Jesus is going to be affected. Your prayer life's going to struggle. Your study life's going to struggle. Have you ever looked at the Bible and looked at it for 30 minutes and didn't get a thing from it? I've been there this week. <laughs> because I was struggling and just going through the motions. And when you lack that joy and that excitement and passion and drive for God, what do you do? You struggle privately. And your private relationship with Jesus begins to go down. You know, people get out of church and yes, they blame the preacher and they blame the deacons and blame it all. But there's a prob problem privately. Privately. Our relationship with Jesus ought to be exactly where He desires it to be. And for me to be what He needs me to be publicly, 
I need to be with Him right privately. And see, so many of us are operating more out of the public relationship than we are the private relationship. And I wonder how much joy and peace I would have in my life if I got in my closet more. Quit standing up like the Pharisees did and only praying on Sunday or just coming up here and putting on a good show. But get in my closet on Sunday night. Get in my closet on Monday night. Get in my closet on Tuesday morning. And getting that relationship where it needs to be with God. Would there be a fire if I would wake up every morning and get in the Scripture and be reminded that there's a God walking with me? That'll never leave me nor forsake me. I wonder if I would have more faith in my day than if I would read about the presence of God dwelling with me. I wonder how different my outlook would be. Man, I can be a negative person. When David struggled with sin, you know what he asked God to do? Renew a right spirit within me. I wonder how different my spirit would be if I would wake up and just talk to my Heavenly Father and just communicate with Him. Not only does our personal relationship affected, our, but our responsibilities with Jesus are affected. Now that's the public part. When there's problems privately and one-on-one between you and the Lord, there's going to be problems publicly. Now, I have a relationship with Jesus that I must maintain, but I also have responsibilities with Jesus that I must maintain. And this is where I find the struggle sometimes that I'm operating in my responsibilities to the Lord out of habit more than love and passion and desire. But friend, we've made, res- we've made commitments to God. God has called us to do some things and He wants us to fulfill those things. He wants us to walk in those things. And sometimes we are dead spiritually because we're not doing what God's called us to do. And we're doing it with no energy. Sunday school teachers, we ought to have energy. We ought to have a fire in our responsibilities to God. Awana teachers... Man, I know it's March, April. Can't keep up with it. I know you're sick of them. I know they've been horrible. I know the kids are crazy right now. But every time you come to Awana, you ought to operate out of a fire and a passion and a drive because those kids need it. Every time that we come and work on this building, every time we go out and witness, every time we fulfill what God's called us to do, we ought to do it out of love and passion and desire for Him. Because that world sees, don't they? But so does God. He sees. So if I'm experiencing apathy, my relationship's going to struggle and my responsibilities are going to struggle. And I'm going to go through a time that I'm going to face of uncertainty in my spiritual relationship with God. So what's, what's the answer? What's the answer? He said in verse 2, be watchful. Be watchful. He said, watch. Now I want you to go back to chapter 2. And I want you to look in verse 25 and look at what he told the church at Thyatira. He said, but that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. And then he goes over in verse 2 of chapter 3. He says, be watchful and strengthen. The first thing he says is hold fast. What do we do when we're struggling? 
What do we do when we're having uh, problems finding that drive and that passion to serve God? We keep on going. You hold fast. You maintain what you're doing. So many times when things are not right, we just throw in the white towel and we give up and we quit. You know what Jesus said? When you're struggling spiritually, the worst thing you can do is walk away. When you're struggling spiritually, you keep on going. You keep reading your Bible. You keep studying. You keep praying. You keep praising God. And things are going to turn around. Things are going to turn around. What does a batter do when he gets in a slump? When his batting average is horrible, what does he do? He keeps getting back up to the plate. It's not going to change by sitting on the bench, folks. It's going to change by getting back up at the plate and keep swinging that bat. What do you do when a basketball shooter, his percentage is down and he's not making the basketball? Does he quit shooting? No. He keeps shooting. He keeps on going. He keeps pushing through it. Child of God, we can't stop. We've got to push through it. When you're down and you don't want to go, you go anyway. When you don't have any desire to serve God, you serve God anyway. And you keep pushing forward. He said, hold fast. Child of God, we better hold fast to the things of God. We better hold on to what God's given us. Don't stop. Don't quit. How many times I've heard people, uh, people say, Preacher, I just need a break. Don't you break on God. Don't you break on God. You don't need a break. You need Him more. You need Him more. Well, preacher, we'll be back when we get everything straight. Never see him again. Keep on going, child of God. You're here this morning and you find that trouble and you find that struggle in your spiritual walk with God. Don't quit on Him. Keep on going. You keep praying and you keep studying and you keep coming to church and you keep worshiping and you praise God. And I promise you, He's going to bring you through it. He's going to bring you through that funk you're going through. He's going to pull you through that struggle that you're facing. Whatever trial, whatever temptation you're facing, God's going to pull you through. Man, I'm glad He didn't quit on me. I'm glad He didn't quit on me. He said, hold fast. Now notice what He said there in chapter 3, verse 2. He said, strengthen. The word in the Greek means to hold fast, but it also means to restore. Hold on to what you have, and what you have left, you make it better. Revive it. These things that you have, those things that you still contain as a Christian, those things that are going good for you, hold on to them. But revive them. Restore them. There's things in my life spiritually that are dead. God said, hold on to those dead things. Why? Because they're good things. Hold on to them so that you can restore them. A lot of times, they never get restored because we don't hold on to them. Hold on to these things, and you keep on going, and I will restore them and revive them. Man, I don't know about you, but there's some things in my life that needs restoring. There's some things in my... Well, I guess I'm by myself this morning. Bunch of hypocrites, my goodness. There's some things in my life that need a little work. I'm not perfect, folks. God said, you hold on to those things. You keep praying. You keep seeking me. And I'm going to restore you. I'm going to revive you. I'm going to bring life to you. Now, there's some times that we struggle in the day, but if you keep seeking God, before you know it, He's going to put a song deep down in your heart. He's going to bring something along in your day to just remind you, I'm here. 
I'm walking you through and I'm seeing you through this. I don't know about y'all, but I'm thankful for those times. I'm thankful for those times that He restores me and revives me. Then He says, remember. Look in verse 3. Remember. Remember. I want you to hold fast. I want you to strengthen. Then I want you to remember. I could not tell you how many sermons that I preach that I close just like this. Remember. Praise the Lord. Think about what God's done for you. Think about where you came from. Think about what He brought you from. Think about where you are now. When you're struggling spiritually and you just can't get through it, you remember. You remember the day He saved you. You remember the day He forgave you. Go back this morning, child of God, to that moment that He saved your soul. Whether it was 10 years ago or 50 years ago. I'm asking everybody in this building tonight, or this morning, to go back to that time that you met Jesus. Quit focusing on what you're going to eat for lunch and what we're going to do tomorrow. Child of God, remember just for a little while the day that God gloriously saved your soul. And He redeemed you and brought you out of that mess and put a new song down in your heart and soul. And as you're sitting there frowning at me, put a smile on your face. Get excited about the things of God. Oh, if we would just keep our mind set on that day that He gloriously saved us. And He brought us out of that miry clay. Praise the Lord. Man, we need some joy and some fire. And we're going to have fire. We're going to have to remember that it ain't because of you, and it ain't going to be about you, but it's going to be about Him. And it's going to be because of Him. Whew. Man, I got studying this this morning, and I come outside, and I looked at the oak trees, and I sneezed. Whew. Putting on new life. Whew. Running wide open. Flowers blooming. Weeds producing more than I am. Folks, it rained all night. Storming, thunder, and lightning. The trees are still alive and producing fruit. And I walked outside this morning and the birds were whistling in spite of the storm. And I said, God, if them birds can sing, I can too. Man, man, we've... We've had so much rain, we don't know what to do with it. And these trees are just thriving. Man, they're thriving. These plants are thriving. They're making us sick, aren't they? They're producing life. And when you got life, you're going to produce fruit. And I thought, God, can I be like that oak tree? I know that oak tree is driving me crazy. But man, is it giving you glory this morning that in spite of the storm, it can still bloom and it can still thrive in spite of its circumstances. Child of God, I don't know about y'all, but I want to be like that oak tree. And I want to be like those weeds that in spite of what's going on, I'm bringing forth new life. And there's a fire deep down inside of me. I want to be like those birds that on the cloudiest of mornings, they still got a song to sing. Oh, I want to operate out of fire and drive and passion and love for Jesus. I don't want to do it because I have to. I don't want to do it just because He called me to. I want to do it because I want to. 
Because this is what He called me to, and I have a passion and a drive and a desire to please Him. We have this mindset that if we do this or this or this, the church will grow. And the, the world gives us this idea that you've got to do this to grow. Child of God, you've got to do one thing. You've got to look Jesus straight in the eyes, and you've got to follow Him every step of the way. And we've got to have a drive and a passion that even on the low Sundays, we're going to praise God. That even on the high Sundays, we're going to praise God. And we need to go and teach our Sunday school class with passion and drive. Your students don't need you getting in the Word on Saturday night. They need you in it every day. Every day, child of God, let's operate out of fire and love and drive for the Lord. Whew. I love that scripture out of Isaiah. That he set his face like a flint. And he didn't let the things of the world take him away from what God called him to do. And he went to the cross. And he did it with joy. Whew. Man, I'm not serving him out of joy. I'm serving him out of obligation. I'm serving him out of tradition. And I'm sick of it. How do you think he feels? Well, preacher, I'm right where Grandma told me to be. Thank the Lord for Grandma. Whew. Amen? But don't do it because Grandma told you to. Do it because Jesus called you to. How different our life would be spiritually if we just wake up. Child of God, would you watch for these times that comes upon us? You know why they come upon us? To ensnare us and trap us. And to rob us from the joy of our salvation. I have no idea why God called me to preach on this. But He called me to preach on this. And it may not be for you, but it's for me. And this may have been just about me and God this morning. But I doubt it. I'm so sick of coming in here and leaving the way we came in here. I'll be honest. I'm ready to see some moves. I'm ready to see a stirring. And it's been a while since I got to baptize somebody. Been a while since I got to lead somebody to the Lord. You say, preacher, man, we've had 200 additions in the last year or two. Praise God for yesterday. But I don't want to be content on what God did yesterday. Man, I praise Him for every soul that He saved. But He's not done, folks. Or He had already called us home. Child of God, where's your drive? Where's your passion? Let's stand.